Hi everyone and welcome along to the Ergonomically Speaking podcast, the podcast that aims to help you reduce and even eliminate work-related discomfort. I am your host Neve Pentney of Boyne Ergonomics. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really hope that you're able to take away some useful practical advice from this podcast to help you reduce your own risk of discomfort at the workplace or help manage the risks among the people that you might be responsible for. So now that we know I'm here, let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome along to episode 22 of the Ergonomically Speaking podcast, where today we're taking it out of the workplace and we're going to have a look at what we can do to reduce the risk of musculoskeletal discomfort when breastfeeding. So over here in Ireland, this week, the week of the 1st to the 7th of October, is our National Breastfeeding Week. And I think this is a really important topic. As a mother who has breastfed myself two children, for just over two years each, I am really aware of all the aches and pains that go along with it. And I have, since that time, learned a few things that I really wish I had known back then, especially in the early days. Before I dive into this, I am going to apologise. I am currently smothered with a cold. My throat is a little bit sore. I'm a little bit stuffy. So I apologise if my voice is not too great today. I've done what I can. I have drank the water. I've had some honey and lemon taken some paracetamol so hopefully we can make it through this topic today um, without it being too unpleasant on your ears. So back back to the topic, back to ergonomics and breastfeeding. One of the main issues that new mothers are usually when they have their baby you're so focused on the baby and making sure that they have when it comes to breastfeeding making sure that they have a good latch that they're getting enough that they're putting on some weight they're having enough dirty nappies. The focus is all on baby that oftentimes the mothers forget about themselves and especially when it comes to feeding time can contort themselves into the most peculiar of postures trying to get baby comfortable and latched and feeding and I can vouch for this and we ignore the aches and pains and we kind of put it down to you know you've just given birth just been pregnant the demands of motherhood were a little bit stressed and and we kind of push it to the side but the problem that if these niggles are not addressed, like everything when it comes to the musculoskeletal system, if it's ignored, it can worsen and become a source of chronic pain. And that's not something you want when you're dealing with a new baby who's going to grow into a bigger baby, into a toddler. You want to be as healthy and as well as you can. So what is it about breastfeeding that can cause musculoskeletal issues? Before I dive into this, I'm just going to highlight some common breastfeeding positions that, especially for newborns and young babies, that mothers will use. Because the posture of the mother when breastfeeding is important. And that these different postures and these different holes can have benefits for the different stages. So if we start with the underarm or the football hold, that's good when if you're feeding a premature baby or a tiny newborn baby or if you've had a cesarean delivery, it means that you can see the baby's face a little bit better, have good head control of the baby's head and it will avoid pressure on the cesarean wound if you have that. The cross cradle holes and the cradle holes, these are the ones that we kind of picture traditionally when we think of breastfeeding. These are good. Again, if you're feeding premature babies, newborn babies, 
if the baby has a poor latch or has a low level of head control. And this is the one I think anyway, most mothers will kind of start with the cradle hold. The laying down method is good for nighttime feeding. When you're just that little bit tired, baby's awake again, you don't want to get all set up. The laying down method is really handy. Again, post cesarean delivery, or if you have a forceful letdown, if you have a really big letdown um, and you find it's a little bit much for a baby, lying down can help with that, help reduce that heavy letdown. Um, I will be honest, definitely second time round, the laying down method was one of my favorites. It was just so easy and relaxing and such a nice way to bond. The supine or the laid back position is great for encouraging newborn feeding instincts. Again, post cesarean delivery and encouraging the newborn latch. The upright or the crawler hold is great for feeding older babies once they're able to sit upright. And this is one I would have used actually a lot with both of mine um, as they got a little bit older and they were kind of from maybe four or five months plus. I would have used this hold with them a lot. I just found it really, really easy. Um, and then the, nang the dangle nursing position can be very, very useful. If baby, for whatever reason, is feeling fussy and they don't, they don't want to be held, but they want to be fed, or if you have blocked ducts, which anyone who has ever breastfed will know how painful that is. So it is good to have a nursing position that can help address that. The breastfeeding positioning and the musculoskeletal comfort have been identified as two factors that can contribute to continued breastfeeding past the newborn stage. And it's so important that new mothers learn how to breastfeed in a comfortable and a supported posture to reduce the risk of musculoskeletal discomfort so we can remove that barrier. There are a lot of barriers when it comes to continuing to breastfeed past the newborn stage. And I think one thing that's so, so important to remember is that although breastfeeding itself is natural, it doesn't always come naturally. And there is a learning curve with it. And I think that should be really, really highlighted to new mothers and expectant mothers that, you know, if you have this expectation that it's going to be so easy because it's natural, you can be a bit shocked when you do start to experience difficulties with it. What are the musculoskeletal risks associated with breastfeeding? Was it, what is it that causes the problem? So in breastfeeding mothers, the most common areas of reported discomfort are the neck, the upper back, the shoulders, the lower back, the elbow, the wrist, and the hand. Now, this sounds like a list of workplace injuries, but I'm referring here to breastfeeding mothers. What are the causes of these issues? Well, firstly, one of the most common risk factors is prolonged static postures. So you will know this risk factor from previous posts. Breastfeeding mothers can, especially in the early days, be exposed to prolonged postures in the seated position, the lying position, or in the reclined position. And as I've said before, when we are static, the muscles that are contracting and holding us in the position are building up lactic acid. We're not moving, so circulation slows down. Waste product removal, like the lactic acid, slows down from the muscles and we start to experience inflammation and discomfort. And also there's not enough oxygen and nutrients getting to the muscles doing all the work. So we get stiff and we get sore. I can absolutely vouch for this. And I will say it very much depends on the baby. My eldest, my firstborn, was what I would have referred to as a buffet feeder. She would feed for hours if, if possible. She would just, 
Her feeds could take easily. It wouldn't be unusual for the early feeds to take 90 minutes. And you'd get maybe an hour break where she might take a little nap and then she'd be ready to go again. She was a really, really heavy feeder and her feeds, especially for the first four months, used to take a really, really long time. Um, and especially when she was so tiny and I was so new to it, I wasn't confident to move around too much while she was feeding. So I would just stay there in whatever position she was feeding in as long as she was latched and I wouldn't move. And that used to cause a lot of discomfort. So that's something to be aware of because it is a risk factor, the prolonged static postures. Adverse postures are another one. So breastfeeding mothers can often adopt the most weirdest positions to encourage the baby to latch and to feed. And this could be poor posture of the upper back, the neck, the shoulder. This is especially, you see it if um, when the mother tries to bend down to bring the breast to the baby instead of bringing the baby to the breast. Um, adverse wrists and hand positioning when you're trying to support the baby and you're trying to hold the head or hold the bum and, and you're kind of got this grip position for a long time. Um, and then poor postures of the lower back. Either because you don't have any support in your lower back, you're in poor seating or you're leaning to the side. And these poor postures can impact milk flow and the quality of the latch. This in turn can contribute to discomfort in the breast or in the nipple. And this can have a knock on effect because this can cause stress and tension when you go to feed because, you know, it might hurt. So you could have increased tension and, you know, all these things could contribute to a drop in feeding rates or continued feeding past the newborn stage. Inadequate back support is another risk factor. So depending where you're feeding or how you're feeding, you are very likely to not have any support in your lower back. Either because there's nothing against your lower back, you're holding your whole body position using your back muscles, or you're sitting in an awkward position without any support. And that can be a problem, especially if you're there for a long time. And finally, the psychological risk factors, like let's be realistic, the newborn stage and, and motherhood and delivery and all that is a really physically and emotionally stressful time. Fatigue, pain, anxiety are all experienced over and it could be related to breastfeeding. It might not. You know, we could have trauma from a traumatic birth. There's so many things going on in this early stage in particular. So this can contribute to stress, musculoskeletal discomfort, extra tension in the muscles, anxiety. The increase itself in stress and anxiety will cause increased tension in your muscles. This is going to add to the risk of actually developing musculoskeletal discomfort. Then we go into the cycle where when you have musculoskeletal discomfort, you're going to have extra tension because it's uncomfortable, it's painful, it's sore, and you're going to have a response to that. And then that can feed into the fatigue, the pain and the anxiety that is already there. So it is a cyclical relationship. But the newborn stage has so many psychological risk factors and they are not to be ignored. So what can we do? The first thing I will say, as I mentioned, breastfeeding is natural, but it does not always come naturally. And I think it's really important that expectant mothers are made aware of this. I would always recommend now, knowing what I know now, and I should have done this myself, I would always recommend that expectant mothers find their nearest breastfeeding support group and go along to some visits before they have the baby. 
This will give you some insight into what to expect, what is normal, what is not, and strategies and plans that you can put in place. And even just to know that that support is there after you've had the baby in the early days. Get in touch with lactation consultants, query with the midwives, get as much information as you can. I will be honest, first time around, I did very little research. I just assumed that baby would be born and would latch and we'd go off on our merry way. And that is not what happened. My first had um, issues with latching for the first four months. We had to use shields. We had to do different things to be able to get past the newborn stage and get established. Now, it took work, but we got there mostly through the support of people that had been there before. And I definitely feel it would have been less stressful and less painful had I have known beforehand what could happen. So definitely try and seek out some support before baby is born. It's so helpful. Once baby has come, get comfortable. Now, what I mean by that is, firstly, find what clothes you're comfortable feeding in. So, of course, there's breastfeeding clothes. They exist, breastfeeding tops and dresses. For me, I actually just found putting a vest top on underneath the normal top worked absolutely great. And I was really comfortable in that. And it meant that I wasn't kind of faffing around, trying to get the boob out, trying to get everything into position to latch the baby. So find what clothes you're comfortable in. Next, especially I would say this for early days when you're maybe not out and about so much, find a spot in the house and set up what I used to call the feeding station. So for me, it was on the right hand side of the sofa. There was a side table beside me where I had everything that I needed. I had a drink for myself, the remote control, my phone, a book, a snack, my muslin cloths. Basically, whatever I thought I was going to need, especially first time around, as I said, she was a marathon feeder. So I was there for a while. I made sure I got comfortable. The next thing I learned is how to use the cushions and the pillows on that sofa and how to place them around so that they were supporting my back and supporting baby when needed. So I was feeling comfortable and supported in my space. Feeding chairs are a great option if you have the space for one. I didn't. And I was fine without it. I used to just feed in the bed um, in the evening time and on the sofa in the daytime. But feeding chairs are a brilliant option if you if you have the space for one. Definitely look into that. And try the different positions. So like that, when I started, I kind of only really knew the cradle hold. I didn't know much about all these other feeding positions. And once I learned them and I, I kind of played around a little bit and found what ones worked for her and what ones worked for me, it meant that we were able to get comfortable. And then second time around, I had all of this knowledge that I was implement, able to implement straight away. And I found much quicker the positions and the clothes and everything I needed to know to get comfortable. Avoid the prolonged static posture. So try to avoid being seated or being in the one position for any more than 45 minutes. When the baby takes a break from feeding, for example, if you're going to do some winding, use that as your chance to move around. So either pass the baby off to partner or whoever's there with you, maybe to help with the winding for a little bit so you get a break. Or if that's not possible, get up, pop the baby on the shoulder and do the winding while walking around just to get you out of that position before you have to go back to it. This will just give the muscles a break. It's going to give the shoulders a break, the hands, boost the circulation and boost your oxygen intake. 
another thing to think of actually I hadn't thought of it myself until I started looking into it but I know we all do it um, try and take a break from gazing down at your baby when feeding we all do it especially with the newborns you're looking at the squishy little faces but that puts a lot of stress on the neck now I'm not saying don't look at your baby of course you do you have to be keeping an eye on them when they're feeding but just take little breaks and roll your neck around and look around you every now and then before you go back to staring at your baby um, and one tip I have now I had to learn this pretty much out of necessity because my first was such a big feeder and had other issues going on she was so super clingy she wouldn't nap if I wasn't there or wouldn't nap unless she was on me um, and I didn't like being stuck in the one position I had I am a busy person I had I like to go out for walks I like to move around and she didn't like the pram so very quickly I learned how to use a sling or a baby carrier now there's loads and loads of different types from your wraps and um, the ring slings the soft structure carriers there's loads of different kinds and I found a sling group and I found people there who knew about it and were able to talk me through how to use them once I got comfortable using the sling I then learned how to feed the baby in the sling which meant that not only could I move around while she was all snuggled in having naps I was free to do whatever I needed to do I could also feed her comfortably and safely while I was on the go and this was a revelation especially first time around because um as I said she was so clingy and she was such a big feeder I felt really restricted in what I could do once I got this sorted I didn't know myself and I was it took a little while but definitely after a few tries we were confident feeding so much so that I think when she was about four months old I went to help out with one of my teams at a football blitz with her in the carrier on my front and I fed her on the sideline of the pitch during the blitz with other coaches adults standing around me chatting away to me and nobody even realized that she was feeding and I actually remember one of the guys saying to me do you want to tip off there to the clubhouse and feed her and I'll keep an eye on what's going on here and I was like oh no she's just fed and he's looking at me going what I was like oh yeah she's had a feed there in the sling couldn't believe it because he'd been standing there talking to me and hadn't even realized so this was brilliant because it meant that I could really avoid these prolonged static postures and also they're great for winding so as you're moving around the wind moves through the baby less fussy baby everybody's happy so that was something that I learned with my first one and again I was able to bring it into play second time around so if it's an option for you definitely look into the different types of carriers to help and even it helps with the movement outside of breastfeeding in that you can move around a lot freer reducing the adverse postures one way to do it especially in the early days is to make sure that you bring the baby to the breast instead of bending down and bringing breast to the baby make sure you're using the feeding positions that you're comfortable in and that suit where you are and if you're seated make sure your feet are planted on a floor or on a footstool to give you a stable base if the edge of the chair that you're sitting in is pressed against the back of your legs, use a pillow to support your back. And this will also shorten the depth of the seat pan to help with your circulation and make sure you're supported. And then ensure that you and your baby are supported. So no matter what position you're in, make sure your lower back is supported with pillows or cushions. And use pillows and cushions to help bring the baby into position to the breast without extra strain on your shoulders and arms. And there are, of course, breastfeeding pillows and breastfeeding cushions that you can use. I just use a normal cushion, I had a long cushion, I think, from Ikea or somewhere. I used that and it was perfect. But of course, 
there are accessories that you can buy to help with this. When it comes to reducing the psychological risk factors, there's not, there's only so much we can do for this one. So one, as I said, learn what you can in advance and have the support structures in place before the baby comes. So your partner, your family, your breastfeeding support groups, your public health nurse or your lactation consultant, just make sure you have support ready to go. Um, when baby comes, again, reach out to your support network, whoever it might be, and accept any help that's offered and ask for help. It is such a busy, demanding stage. And a lot of times we are too proud to admit that we need help. Ask for help and accept any help that is offered. And if, of course, you feel like it's all getting too much, reach out to your GP, reach out to someone who can help. Remember, when it comes to breastfeeding, babies grow very, very quickly. They get heavier, they get bigger. But as they get bigger, they also have better motor skills and better control. And breastfeeding does get, I will say, it does get easier as they get older. Um, the ergonomics will change. Just make sure you're always supported. The feeding patterns are going to change, especially when you start bringing in food, solid food. By making sure you're supported when you're feeding and you move as frequently as you can. And of course, you stay hydrated. You're going to reduce the risk of developing musculoskeletal discomfort during this time, which then hopefully will help you to continue feeding as long as you want to and as long as baby wants to and keep you healthy and well as they start to then grow and enter babyhood and wobbler and toddler stage because you want to be as well and as mobile as you can for that so you can enjoy it, all the craziness, as much as you can. So that is what we can do to help reduce the risk of musculoskeletal discomfort when breastfeeding as always you can find me on social media i'll put all the details in the show notes i will also put the link to the blog post for this episode in the show notes the next topic i'm going to be covering is what we can do to help manage the symptoms of the menopause in the workplace so looking forward to that one next week in the meantime everybody stay well and as always reach out to me if you have anything you ever want to ask or topics you want me to cover stay well guys <laughs>